All right, welcome back. You are listening to Feeling Kind of Whiskey. Uh, on that last segment, we were talking about the Suntory uh, Toki. Yeah, what were your thoughts, Tony, on the Toki? Beautiful color, nice yeah. and light. Uh, yeah. Aroma, yeah. pretty straight, easy flowing, and right. uh, smooth. I mean, Drinkable. not a very expensive bottle, and uh, anybody I really could felt drink like that you could thing. have anyone over, and yeah. whether you are someone who enjoys a glass or two every night or someone who's never had it, I think this will be an easy, easy you know, step into what whiskey's like for you. Get out there, get the Suntory Toki, $33, uh, if you can find a good deal, uh, you know, 40 max, yeah. and uh, we thought we would change it up a little bit in the second half of the show. We're going to bring you a little bit of a, a, a mixer-upper here. Uh, we're going to go with the Small Batch Willet Family Reserve oh. Rye. Three-year, 109 proof. This is a kick in the mouth Beautiful if I've bottle. ever seen one. Great bottle, great label. Now, wait, wait. I'm just getting a report from our producer, Scott, in my ear. And he's telling me, nope, he's telling me we already finished that episode. We're now the Dull Crayons? Yes. Sorry, uh, my my bad. My apologies, folks. We got a little, folks. little, little too whiskey there. Yes, yes. We were feeling, we were feeling kind of whiskey, and uh, we forgot that we started a new episode. This is, this is not feeling kind of whiskey. This is the dull crayons. You are in the crayon box with the dull boys. I'm your host, uh, Gabriel Zuger, along with my co-host uh, Tony from the Bronx. It's good to be here. It's good, good to, be to back. good to see you back, uh, Gabriel Zuger. A.K.A. Dome Chomsky, A.K.A. Glasses Stay Fresh Like Franzen, A.K.A. Game Recognized Goyam, Steve Cash, The Great From 108, The 212 Crew, Don't Chance the Crapper, A.K.A. The Podfather's Favorite Pod Son, A.K.A. Walt Clyde Fraser Crane, The Kindergarten Consigliere, Aaron Judge Berg, the, mer- the Mensch on the Bench, Sandy No Facts, MC Stammer, The Kosher Joker, Why So Verklempt? <laughs> The Movie Cost Denier, The Thomas Pynchon Unmasked, Inherent Spice, F. Hot Spitz Gerund, J.D. Howitzer, Juminati, Llama Llama Red Bottoms, The Urban Surgeon with a Fresh Bourbon Neat. Woo! Wow. Yep. That's impressive. That's who we are. I love it. You That's know, who we be. Tony from the Bronx here. Yeah. Got a few AKs myself. Tony boy. B. Want to hear him? Yeah, let's, let's hear it. You know, Tony, Tony from the Bronx, a.k.a. Chef Boy Antony. You know, Mr. Bonsai, of course, and A Boogie with the Noogie, <laughs> Mr. Biagi, and Vin Beasel, baby. Derek Streeter, you know, Tony from the Bronx, baby. Gotta rep those streets. Big Punisher. Oh, here's a new one for you. Party B. We also got Mr. Steal Your Twirl, baby. Jules, Jules Blantana. We also have Raylan Forgivens, the Bronx Calmer, Tony Mayo. And yours truly, Funk Master Sex. Tony Funisher, man. I, I can't hear Tony Funisher without thinking about you on the uh, on the dodgeball court. Oh, you know, baby. that's where the punishment oh. really happens. Oh, we all about that. You know yeah. that for sure. Oh, yeah. Good to be back. Yeah, good, good to, to have you. back. Good to have you back. So we've got a, a doozy of an episode here. Um, we want to start off talking a little bit about uh, lockdown drills, mm. lockdown drills in schools. A um, lot of talk in this stuff in the news lately, and I've seen a, a, a lack of um, teacher perspective. Yeah. So we want to bring you the teacher perspective, the teacher side of these things. We're hearing a lot from students, and that's great, but we want to 
We want to give it to you from what we've experienced in our years on the job with this stuff. Sure. During which we've seen changes, you know, in the protocols. Absolutely. Um, and I want to start with a little reading. This reading brought to you by educationpost.org. And this reading comes to us from December 15th, 2017. And it is titled, When I Set Up My Classroom Now, I Only Think About Which Bookshelf Can Stop a Bullet. This is by Brett Big Bigum. Brett Bigum boasts that uh, he was the, or sorry, educationpost.org boasts that Brett Bigum, Brett Bigum was the 2014 Oregon State Teacher of the Year and a member of the National Network of State Teachers of the Year. Um, pretty big deal. He's yeah. the only Oregon special education teacher to be named Teacher of the Year and to win the NEA National Award for Teaching Excellence. So this is no schlub. Yeah. Yeah. Right? This is a guy with some serious chops here. And Brett writes, I'm going there. When I started teaching, setting up the room was so much fun. What setup would benefit learning? Where would the bookshelf and the reading table go? How can I make my room their room where they felt at home and happy to learn? The wonder and fun has been robbed from my profession. Ask a teacher where the heavy bookshelf goes, and it is almost the same answer everywhere. By the door. Where does the reading table go? By the door. Anything big and heavy that would stop a bullet goes by the door. Do you get what I'm saying? I don't know a teacher who has not looked at the faces of Sandy Hook and wondered what if. Um, he goes on to say, um, this fall, I am subbing. I'm a guest teacher in a new school or room almost every day. I see the same setup over and over. Heavy stuff by the door. When I walk into the classroom, I'm not thinking about the fun day I'm going to have with the students. I am looking around the room to see where I hide the children. I am scoffing at cheap bookshelves with flimsy backing that wouldn't stop a BB gun. I'm appraising the thickness of the tabletops in the room. And then, again, we're, we're, oh, yeah. And then we're on to, you know, Sandy Hook and remembrances and courage sure. and all the rest of it. Um, but so, Anthony, you've been... You've been in teaching longer than I, and you've seen the changes that have happened yeah. from going from fire drills and evacuation drills to now, you know, lockdown drills being the new norm and very routine. And tell us about some of your experiences. Yeah, I mean, I think just to start it off, you know, to give some uh, perspective, you know, these drills are being practiced with children as young as three years old. Right. In a classroom setting. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the new norm, like you said. I think that schools are obviously targets more now than ever. And, you know, you hear the number just continue to increase, and it's not okay. And what I've seen over the course of the last five years, let's say, is more and more anxiety from mm -hmm. educators who mm -hmm. some, if not many, are mothers and fathers who worry about their own children in the schools. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they read these articles, they, they listen to the news, and then they see what their school's protocol is. And it really is disturbing, and it's mm -hmm. alarming. Um, you know, you think about what message you have to send the children when we are going to practice the lockdown drill. And, you know, we discuss about, you know, we have to keep safe. That's why we practice fire drills in mm -hmm. case there's a fire. That's why we practice evacuation drills in case there's something going wrong with the building. With the lockdown drill, though, you're talking about a whole different level of anxiety. Mm -hmm. And you have to be careful with how you present 
what you're about to do with the children. Mm-hmm. And you know, do you say, well, this is in case there's an intruder with a gun who can really harm everyone in this building? No, but you definitely say, just like we practice those other two, this is to make sure that we can stay safe in the comforts of our own classroom. Right. Now, when you look around your classroom, are there many safe spaces? Hmm. That's where it really kind of differentiates between what school you're in, what the building is like. For my own personal setting, I don't entirely feel safe. No way. Right. No way. I mean, you have doors that you can look in and see. You have it, – it's pretty much just one large square. As much as you want to put the heavy bookshelves by the door, you still can see children. You still can see adults. Yeah. And we're not saying that a bookshelf is stopping a nope. bullet or that it's stopping an intruder. That's that's just this teacher's perspective. But he makes a good point about – I think the better point is that when teachers go into a classroom these what your days – your mindset is, what am I doing in emergency situations? More so than it ever has been before. Oh, of course. And that you talked about the emotional state of, you know, children as young as three having to do these things. You know, I've done I've done fire drills before with two year olds yeah. in preschools and they're crying hysterically. Of course they are. And you you try to put a, a fire cap on them, you know, and make them feel like the fire chief so that they can enjoy themselves and like doesn't you know, matter. maybe have some ownership, and some of them do. You can't fucking Doesn't do matter. that when you're talking about a lockdown drill. No. Listen, you and, and I, you and I both know that children thrive off of consistency and stability, right? And when you throw a wrench in their day, and now we have to practice a lockdown drill on top of everything else that they're doing, imagine, just imagine, even if you present it in the most eloquent, beautiful manner, you're huddled up together in a corner behind something so you can't be visible for the door. You can do whatever you want. With the lights out and the shades, shades drawn. drawn. Of course. The door locked. Yeah. The seeing the teacher go. No noise. Pocket. Think about it. No matter how you present it, there will be an uncontrollable amount of anxiety. And anxiety in children and adults is shown in so many different ways. Well, what Laughter, do you, coughing, what do, jitter, what do you tell the kids? What do you tell the kids before they're going to go into a lockdown drill? Obviously, when you say, we're going to have a fire drill, a fire drill is about practicing what would happen in case there's a fire. Even a three-year-old can understand that. This is what we would do in case there's a fire. We would walk out of the building coolly and calmly, Absolutely. and everybody would be safe. Yep. And we would walk out of the building and stay out of the building until we got picked up or we could get back in, whatever. What do you say to kids about a lockdown drill? You know, I'm all about painting a very clear and honest picture up until a point where it's acceptable, of course, because working with five sixes, you can only say and do so much, okay? I personally bring up their own previous experiences. So like you just mentioned fire drill. Yeah. I say, tell me about a fire drill. What is to be right. done in a fire drill? Okay. Well, guess what? Now we're practicing a different type of drill in which requires us not to leave our room. Mm-hmm. We are practicing in the event that we need to stay in our room and keep all the rooms in the building safe. This is what we would need to be doing. So this is where this is where I expect one kid to raise their hand, and and we've had things that come up that are Absolutely. that are close to this, and say, well, uh, Tony, are you fucking stupid? Aren't we always safe in our classroom? Aren't we always supposed to feel safe in our classroom? Of course. What the hell is a drill that's designed to make all the classrooms safe look like? Sure. Well, how would it not be safe? Well, you also have that one or two children in the group that know of current events absolutely right 
So or then who what have, do you do? Or who have older siblings of course. who know of current events of and are, you know, experiencing their own trauma and anxiety about Absolutely. them. And now the kid knows. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. It's it's a mess. I have a student once, so uh, a student you know, um, and we were going over this very conversation. We were talking sure. about uh, fire drills, evacuation drills, and lockdown drills. And we had had a meeting prior as teachers to discuss, you know, obviously there are certain protocols in place. When you have a lockdown drill, if the fire alarm goes off, you hunker down, mm -hmm. right? You don't leave because maybe somebody's trying to draw you out. Sure. Or, you know, what happens if there's, you know, this happening at this location, but at your evacuation location there's something else happening and blah, 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 whatever. So I'm talking to the class about this, these things, right, in, a, in an appropriate sure. way. And this student happens to be a favorite of mine, happened to, I think, be a favorite of yours at one mm -hmm. point. Let's call her Salty. Sure. Uh, you know, just for the sake of a pseudonym. Salty raised her hand and said, well, Mr. Zuger, what if, you know, what if there's an evacuation drill or what if there's something going on at school while we're away or mm -hmm. something? And Brilliant I, question. And I started to try to answer it and I, I freaking couldn't. Yeah. I freaking couldn't because there's like she had outthought, you know, all the thinkers, all the administrators, all the policymakers by saying like, yeah, but you've only handled like three scenarios. What if there's the X scenario that you sure. haven't thought of? Sure. And this was a five-year-old. So let and me, like not my brightest five-year-old either. You, but let me bring you back to your graduate school days, please. You always remember when you know teachers would tell you, "It's okay if you don't know the answer." You let them know, you know, that's a great yeah, question. Yeah, I'm going to think on this. I'm going to think on this. I'm going to think on this. Is that an appropriate Classic response? Classic Bank Street answer. Yeah, is that an appropriate response during that time, though? Salty, let me think about that, and I will get back to you. Um, if she if she broke out in tears, I'd think that's an acceptable response to that answer. Because yeah. that's a bullshit answer, yeah, and they know it's it a bullshit answer. And that's why she asked the fucking question, because she course. could see I was bullshitting and of didn't course. believe half the things I was saying. But let's... All right, let's go back to the actual experience yes. of a lockdown. Yeah. So, okay, in in schools we've worked in before, and you'll tell me if you've had different experiences, the, the, the drill goes as such. You're told in advance that a drill is going to happen at X time on X day. Yes. You prep the class for it, yep. and then probably about five minutes before the drill is about to happen, you clean everything up in the classroom and have them all sit in circle or in their chairs waiting for an announcement to come over the PA system where somebody, an office administrator, a security guard, will make the announcement, this is a lockdown drill, this is a lockdown drill. Then the kids have a designated corner of the room that they're going to run to or walk to or whatever sure. silently. Teachers are frantically drawing shades and turning out lights Sometimes they're covering windows to a classroom door. Sometimes not. Uh, they're locking the classroom door. Sometimes it's a key in the lock. Sometimes it's a deadbolt, whatever sure. the case. And then, and then teachers sort of huddle around the kids who are themselves huddled on each other. Who are supposed to be silent. Who are supposed to be silent. And not, making any, and not making any noises yes. under like threat of punishment Correct. later on during Correct. a playtime. Um, and that's supposed to feel cool and safe. Absolutely. And and kids are also told that this is going to be a short drill, right? This is 
you know, this is going to happen for, you know, three, five minutes tops, right? Yeah. But that they need to be seated in such a way that they could basically sit for hours, right? Like, Absolutely. you can't be crouched. No. You have to be, like, sitting on your bottom, like, cross-legged because yeah. you never know when help is going to come. Oh, get comfortable. This is a hide-and-seek game that we're just playing on right, right now. Yeah. Right. Yep. And my experience with it is kids are pretty cool about it in general. Yeah. Like, they they clearly know it's ridiculous. Yes. Like, like, something feels very wrong about it. Teachers are freaked the fuck out. Of course. Because they understand everything that's going on. Yes. And they're terrified that, you know, somebody's going to come around and check the doorknob and their door is going to swing you wide open yep. because you're that teacher that got it wrong and now you and your entire class are dead. Yep. Yep. So what are our thoughts on these, on these ridiculous-ass drills? You know, I have to be honest with you. Especially with everything that's surfaced in the last few months with these school shootings, um, mass shootings. I know we practice these drills for a reason, okay? I get it. I'm positive. I'm positive knowing who I am as a person, as an educator, as a friend, and a mentor. Obviously, if there was a situation... I would lock that freaking door and make sure it's locked no matter how I could. And I would get all those kids in the safest space as possible, wherever we are in the building, okay? Right. That's probably about it as far as following the protocol. Right. Because I know I would need to do whatever I had to do to make sure that no intruder came into my room, period. And in the situation that he or she did come into my room... Then what happens then? All right. breaks, all hell breaks out, right? Right. So then it's my job to pretty much distract and be the front line while I get all those kids scurrying out of the room and just going amongst the or or from the roof or wherever we are. I would do whatever I can. However, to just have these kids sit and huddled up doing their thing, and then we're supposed to resume back to what we're doing as if all is normal. In my book. It doesn't sit well for me. It, it just does. It doesn't. Okay, let's go back to what we were doing. You can go back to coloring your rainbow, and you can come back to tell me your times tables. And you over there, you can go finish your snack. Make sure you wash your hands because we're going on a trip. Right. But that's how these children now respond to this. Yeah. 2018. Most of the kids know what's happening in the world. Most of them. Sure. Most of them. Whether they verbalize it or show it anyway, maybe not. But there are one or two always in every group that know exactly what's happening and you know they know and it's up to you as an educator to maybe have a conversation with those one or two maybe privately or separately letting them know that you did a great job and all is going to be okay but I know you know why we practice these things and I'm proud of you for stepping up and being a leader I'm going to give you two truths and a lie right now are you ready here are my two truths and a lie love this the first truth is there's a book by Don DeLillo called White Noise wherein Part of the premise is the entire town is practicing a a drill, okay. right? A a like chemical weapon kind of drill, sure. and they're talking to each other about why they're practicing this drill, and they come to the conclusion that they practice drills because the more you practice it, the less likely it is that it's ever going to happen. It's a great book. Everybody should go out and read it right now. 
that comes to my second truth. It's true that in the 50s and 60s, kids were hunkering under desks during bomb drills, right? And they were being asked, forced to do this, you know, on weekly and monthly bases, basises, and that it never amounted to anything. No. In the book, it never amounts to anything. In the 50s and 60s, it never amounts to anything. Shelter drills and stuff. Here's the lie. These lockdown drills are doing something. These lockdown drills are effective. These lockdown drills are making people safer. And nothing has ever happened as a result of them. (laughs) That's the fucking lie. Because it's a lie that these things mean anything. And to your very point, you're only going to take this so far in that you're going to lock the door and then you're going to call an audible because you have to do what feels right in your gut. That's what you've done as a teacher, whether it's teaching a bad lesson that you know you can teach better or saving human lives when the protocol is for shit. Listen, there are certain spaces in the room that you're not supposed to go to and there are certain spaces that you should go to or you're supposed to go to. And who's... I'm going to make that judgment call when that time comes. Who's and tell- I say, notice I say when that time comes because yeah. I have a feeling, no matter what, that everyone, everyone in the country, I don't care where you live. I live in New York City. I feel safe. I feel yeah. very safe in New York City. I do. Yeah. It could happen. I don't right. see why it wouldn't happen. It's happening in all these other places. Why wouldn't it happen to us? I don't care what the community is. I don't... You always have to expect to be able to be prepared. I am not a pessimist whatsoever, and you know that. Especially in our profession, it's our job to be reflective and to be positive. However, I will not, not take any of these issues lightly and understand that I need to follow a specific protocol in which I may or may not believe is the right way to go about right. this. So historically, who is giving these protocols? Because you're saying you're going to go against it. You know, You might disagree with whoever's bringing it down. That uh, that one area of the room is safer than another. You might think better we should take them all into the bathroom, or better sure. we should take them to this corner, sure. or whatever. So, who is it in your experience that's giving these protocols? Typically, administration would have to follow suit to what security tells them. But so, I so feel you're like a school who has you know a head of school and administration, sure. but you've also got security detail yes. or somebody you consult with yes. on security matters. Absolutely, and those people are typically. Former law enforcement, Absolutely. or you know, have twenty plus years, of twenty plus years, right? And right. I've been told specifically, you're in that moment, you're in charge of that moment. It's a judgment call for you. No matter what you do, we know you're doing what you believe is the right thing to protect those kids first, and then whatever adults are in the room with you, right? And I'm confident in feeling that whether that was against protocol or not, I will do the right thing. Because I signed up and I know I know exactly what I'm signing up for. Every year I sign my contract now, the last five years, I know that in my profession, there's a chance of a school shooting. Do you – administrators have no sense of, like, what security is, right? I mean – They're supposed I can, to, but I, – I can think of one administrator in my entire career yeah. that had any kind of field training yeah. in security. One yeah. out of dozens. Otherwise – they're just they're calling it by whoever's either consulting with them or just whatever makes the most sense to them. Of course, and, you know they're not always even the smartest person in the room or no. their floor necessarily the building. So sure. you know you're not necessarily going to take their word for it. But you and I, you and I were in a meeting. Sure. Um, back back when we did work security together, detail meeting, a yeah. security detail meeting. Um, following one of these mass shootings, one of these school shootings 
in which it was it was a a division wide meeting, all teachers, all administrators, and we were met by two heads of security. Absolutely, um, we're in charge of all campuses. Yeah, and the my recollection of the general vibe in that meeting was from from all fronts, from yeah. teachers and even from these security consultants who were themselves former NYPD detectives, detectives yeah. high-ranking yeah, captains, yeah. lieutenants, everything, the worst. Absolutely. The, the vibe in that meeting was hopelessness. Mm -hmm. It was desperation. It was like... It was like you had run over, you know, 50 people's cats simultaneously. Sure. Yeah. It was like, this is not going well. This is not going to go well. And nothing is going to make us feel safe ever again. Yeah. I, we just discussed though, that this topic is, it's a heavy one. And you have to have a sense of realism. You have to have a sense of being able to join together to make the situation I don't want to say the best possible situation, but let's be real. It's a situation that you can do your best to prevent it from happening and take whatever measures you want. But that hopelessness feeling certainly wouldn't allow for any sort of preventable measures to actually occur. No. So then there is a certain way to deliver a message. Of course. But, but some of the preventative measures we were talking about in that meeting were like, you know, having doors that automatically shut, you yep. know, like, you know, we're... We're talking about like, you know, Philip K. Dick, like sci-fi shit here yeah. where it's like, yeah. you know, a sensor that detects a bullet and suddenly a door slams down and seals off this entryway sure. and that entryway or, you know, a magic club for doors that, you know, holds them shut when you're on the roof at the playground or whatever. Like, yeah, let's just have security have the force. Let's, let's just bring Darth Vader right. after them. Like, <laughs> let's stop. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, you might as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with, listen, right. I agree with Harry you. Harry Potter, let's all have magic wands. Let's bring magic back into the game because <laughs> that's as hopeful as any of these other things. I think what, what really pisses me off more than anything, all talk. It's all talk. We preach to our own kids, right? We can go with the whole saying, oh, actions speak louder than words. For me, it's about character. Mm -hmm. I always tell you, we reflect all the time about our profession and our profession with our kids. And I love the saying, how can you present your best self, right? So when we gather as a community to discuss topics that obviously no one really wants to discuss, it hits home. Right. And it's incredibly, incredibly sad. As we talk about it now, you and I both, I, I'm looking at you now and you're clearly affected by this, as am I. It's all talk right now, though. Mm -hmm. We talk about how can we take the best path to create a, create a most safe and secure environment that talk that meeting that we had was yeah. months ago correct mm -hmm. yeah i personally haven't seen any change it was so. 2017 i haven't seen any this change. is 2018 and i can tell you now that there's a lot of people there are a lot of people right now in that building elsewhere in other buildings different schools as i mentioned earlier who are who are mothers of fathers who are concerned about their own children but more importantly now are concerned that they may not be able to get home to their own child because of the lack of action. Yeah, well, I, I was looking around that room at that meeting and, and we were being told at that particular moment by these heads of security, 
you know, they were giving us the protocol and saying, this is what you do. You do this. You'll be safe. You don't open the door for anything. I don't care if it's a kid knocking outside the window. This was probably the most horrifying thing oh, that, faces after, that we talked uh, yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, was Oof. was the idea that once you lock your door, you don't open it for anybody unless it's the police say, like giving you confirmation that you are safe. And they are here to escort you out of the building, and that everything has been resolved. Would you, you, would you open it then, though, too? And would you really open I'd it? I'd be then? scared to I death. I don't know if I would open it. I'd be scared to fucking death. Um, but this was the moment where they then said, "You know, you may be confronted if you're in a situation like this with somebody knocking on your door who has not made it into a safe space." Yeah, could they, be a neighboring student. Could be a neighboring yeah, student. Yeah. Could be a whole class of yep. them. Could be a teacher. Could be somebody you know. And you've been told to And what? you've been told to keep that door locked That's and me. you have to let them stay out there because if you open that door, you're risking the thirty something lives in your room. You're trying to save one. Right. Yet you're keeping you're gonna... the eighteen others vulnerable. Right. From yeah. And the look good. the look around Woo! the room I at that, that moment. This was also around the same time we were told you're gonna follow these protocols, but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, Tony, you do what you gotta do. Yeah. And if you're going to, you know, throw yourself in front of a gun, throw yourself in front of a gun. If you're going to do this, do that. And I looked around the room at what I would have to say, just estimating here, was a 95% female staff, Mm -hmm. young female staff, who, again, I don't know if they were more worried for their own lives or more worried for the lives of their students, but really there there were no pulses in that room at that moment. There was no blood flowing. It was, again, like you had just killed every single member of their family. I would be honest with you. I want to be honest and say that I think that moment was probably one of maybe three times in my career where I've seen the entire staff, for the most part, all be on the same page. They all... Like, yeah. It almost unified. I mean, it it, it like, never happens that you can have teachers yeah. agree yeah. on anything. All bullshit so. was cut, and it was, you know... And listen, our job is to take the positive, right? So I'm taking a positive and said, well, everyone was kind of unified in that sense and they all felt like they were in the same boat. But this is my thing. It's like, it's like teachers are unified in this, right? Yes. I don't think there's a teacher out there that's going, no, I feel great about this stuff. Just like there isn't a student out there that's going, nope, I feel great about this stuff. And I feel like the time to act on that is now. Of course. And, you know, going with some of the news that's been happening lately, you know, I know there have been marches and I was just gonna ask you, die-ins that, yeah. and stuff like that, but... You know, to me, to me, I think there are very, there are two very powerful messages that could be sent right now that I've I've always held a belief in. The first one, nobody's gonna like. You ready for the first one? Oh, I can't Everybody's wait. gonna hate this one. So we've been hearing from the students in Florida, yeah. who, the survivors in Florida. You know, who've been giving these impassioned speeches, sure. and doing a lot of great work, sure. and and it's really opening up people's eyes because they themselves are the victims here. Um, and I've thought, and it's been great, but I've thought for a long time, the best thing you could do and the worst thing you could do would be to tell, tell your first graders what they're actually doing a drill for. Mm. Tell your first graders you're doing a drill so that in case somebody comes in here with a gun, they don't shoot you in the fucking head. Tell them that and then film their responses to it. Film your first graders, your kindergartners, your whatever. Sure. Film them in a lockdown drill saying, I don't want to die at school. Sure. I don't want to die during fucking snack Put time. Put it up on your class website. And then put it up on YouTube. Yeah. Put it on YouTube. 
and have your fucking Congress people turn a blind eye to that. Have every fucking classroom teacher do it in America, right? Because as we said, we're all on the same page. Absolutely. All the students are on the same page. Have them all do it. And people are going to say, yeah, you can't do that. You're exploiting them. You're politicizing. It's political. And exactly. and I'd rather them not die. Sure. Like, uh, they'll live with the exploitation. Safe. Yeah. My job is to keep them safe. If this does anything to it, that's it. The other thing, just fucking walk out. Just fucking walk out and don't ever come back until things change. Like we said, yeah. everybody's unified on this. Yeah. You can't get teachers to agree how to teach math or reading or what the healthy snack is, or whether they should have a block schedule or a randomized schedule, but you can get them to agree that there shouldn't be guns in schools and they shouldn't have the yeah. threat of shooting. Listen, I, I completely agree with you. I have to be honest with you. I'm stuck here. I'm stuck because okay. I've had conversations with family, with friends who are not educators, and they ask me, well, what do you, what do you think would help to prevent things like this happening? Listen, everyone wants to preach, you know, gun control, let's, you know, do background checks and all this stuff. Yeah, sure. Sounds great. Right. There's so much bullshit in our own country, let alone the fact that we're battling stuff outside our country, right? Sure. And you're and you're you're a smart, smart guy. How could we prevent this from happening? Really? How could we help so that these events don't happen anymore? Or is this really the new world that we live in, 2018? Is this really going to stop? Let's be let's be real. Is this going to stop? We read about how we could have prevented this, and there were steps, and there were signs, and we didn't do this, and you know, FBI was no, like really, what really what could honestly be done to prevent this? So I. You know, exactly. I'm I'm thinking about I'm thinking about like ABA, right? Yeah. I'm thinking about like sure. behavioral adjustment, sure. right? And we say in it that, you know, things will get worse. You'll make a change, yes. right? You're going to make an interventive change. Steps in the right direction. Steps in the right direction, and things won't get better right away. They won't get better right away. They may even get worse. Yep. But then down the road they will get better. Sure. So, to you to your question, I don't think there is one thing that could be done right now that would reverse shift everything that's going I agree. on. I think there could be things that would be done. I think measures around guns could be put into place, right? Tighter restrictions around guns that could be put into place now that would slow it down. Yeah. Not stop it, but slow it the fuck down. Sure. Because we're in the first two months of 2018 – and there have been 17 school shootings in 45 days. 20-plus mass shootings. Are you kidding me? 17 yeah. school shootings, 20-plus yeah. mass shootings in the first 45 days of 2018. That's a mass shooting. Not okay. That's a school shooting every three days. Not okay. Every two days. It's not okay. But yet the children are our future, though, right? Well, I mean... Are they gonna do? Are they gonna do as much for the economy as as gun sales? I don't know. Maybe if they go to that WeWork school. Maybe if they go to WeWork. I mean, yeah. you know, they gotta engineer, you know, new gun technology. Hey, there's there's got to be one of them out there. There's got to be a Smith or a Weston out there hey. in the bunch. You just hope they don't die before they get there. I want to know their AKs for sure. AK forty seven. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's listen. I hate, and I, I'm not trying to make light of something since this is a serious subject, but. I, 
it's been pounding me. It's been pounding you, educators, everyone who's not in the field. This is our big issue right now. Yeah. This is the big issue. Yeah. And and it's and and I'm glad you put it that way because it is our issue. Yeah. Right. Oh, absolutely. For a long time, it was just like, oh well, they're they're happening in movie theaters. They're happening here. They're yeah. happening there. Yeah. No, 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 no. This is our issue. Yeah. This is a school issue. This is a teachers and a principals absolutely. and a students issue. And really, I, frankly, it's it's nice to have armed security guards or whatever. It's nice to have ex cops coming in and talking about it. But to your very point, this is a common sense issue. Yeah. And we're gonna do with it whatever the fuck we want. And I don't actually want anybody coming in and telling me what the fuck to do with this. <laughs> Lawmakers I either. I, I trust me. I They're agree. just gonna get it fucking wrong. Yeah. So just get the fuck out of the way. Yeah. And stop selling guns to fucking anybody. Well, that and that's it right there. That's it. You know, I know. Then the black market comes out, and then you're dealing with. Oh that, please! But. I'm tired of the black market argument. <laughs> Listen, we are gonna be back with the snack report, and in the second half, we promise a lot more fun. We are going to spin the globe and come out with crazy solutions to problems we're all facing when we come back. This has been the Dogrands. Stay dog. All right, and we are back. You are in the crayon box with the Dogrands. I'm Gabriel Zuger along with BX Tony, Tony yep. from the Bronx. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I'm pumped, man. Okay, well, it's an exciting time. This is... Uh, this has got to be the first fruit roll-up eaten by either of us Ooh. in, uh, I don't know, 15, Very long 20 time. years. Very it long is time. fruit roll-up season. For some of you, it's cuffing season out there. It might hey, be hey. robin season out there. It is fruit roll-up season in the crayon box, and we've got a special edition. These are carnival fruit roll-ups. They are two colors on each variety. So, uh, Tony is going to be trying out the cotton candy and caramel apple variety, and I will be sampling from the berry lemonade and cherry slushy. So, Tony, you're going to take a you're going to take a bite of this bad boy. Sure. And while you do, I think I'm going to describe the texture to the folks at home a little sure. bit. So, you know, unraveling the fruit roll up, it is, you know, it's a it's a difficult process, you know. You've got to get it all off in one piece of its uh, plastic containment device, you know, of which it's wrapped around. And holding it in my hand right now, it is it is truly disgusting. It is yeah. horrifying. Um, it's plasticky. It feels greasy. There's a stickiness. Yeah, that stickiness is getting to me it's, a little bit. Yeah. Sensory, sensory. Oh, it's <laughs> really... And, Yours and looks like a sunset, though. I do like the color. So mine is yellow and red, and then there are prints on it. They're sort of like temporary tattoo-looking of cotton candy, a carousel, a Ferris wheel. Uh, Tony's going to tell us about this taste of yeah. his caramel apple and cotton candy. I mean, mine looks like a bleeding Hulk. Got green and red. The green apple does not taste like a green apple. Uh, mm. I get apple-ish, but a little bit on the sour side, nothing crazy. I also get probably some of my own germs that are on there. It tastes mm -hmm. pretty good from the one train, represent the one train, mm -hmm. BX Tony. Now, that cotton candy, I get. Okay. I get it. Okay. The red side, not bad. Okay. I've always been a red fan, though. Okay. You know, Gushers, red ones, Starburst, mm -hmm. the red ones. Mm -hmm. Kool-Aid? Red Kool-Aid? Oh, that cherry Kool-Aid? Cherry Kool-Aid. Oh, hell yeah. Mm -hmm. I used to have the spoon Get with those the cherry lips. On. Oh, man. Tell me about yours. So, 
I had the yellow and red berry lemonade and cherry slushy. Now, berry lemonade, I'm going to give full props to. It tastes like berry lemonade. Now, that's not a thing. No. So, fruit roll-ups, good on you for inventing a new flavor, berry lemonade. It tastes like what I would imagine berry lemonade to taste like. However, cherry slushy is just cherry. So okay. it's it's cute that they tried to like make it carnival esque or whatever, you know, cherry snow cone, cherry this. But I'm not getting any slushy. Like, how would I get slushy so as a flavor? It's like a broken Seven Eleven slushy machine. You're getting the syrup, but I'm no just getting yeah. Water. I'm just getting warm syrup uh, water. Exactly. Yeah. I'm not getting the real uh, quickie mart experience. Yeah, I think um, they, I think they got creative with this whole carnival theme. Definitely resembles. Kind of what a fruit roll up. And it's great. We we want fruit roll up to get creative and stay in the game. Like I'm I'm not gonna lie, this brought back a lot of nostalgia for me just having a fruit roll up. And I do recall what it felt like being a kid and having a fruit roll up with my lunch. Like this was like just from this experience, like I recall that excitement of like, yes, there is some straight up motherfucking candy. That's gonna, you know, melt in my mouth. Maybe I'll make a big ball out of yeah, it, and suck on it for an ball. hour. Sure, sure. Maybe I'll poke out the little, you know, people or figures, the yeah. little Toy Story figures in it or whatever sure. it is, and play with it for a while. Like fruit roll up gets it done. So it tapped in the into your industry. emotional side. For it sure. definitely tapped into my emotional but side. Thoughts on overall? I mean, I'm never gonna buy it again. Okay. I I can't like this is not a snack that is palatable at all for adults like we said like germ factor just stickiness like texture it's it's really like eating saran wrap like yeah. sugary saran wrap all right listen i agree with you where did you buy this uh this might have yeah, been like shout out uh local spots yeah this might have been from the super associated on 204 mm. no 207 and 10th avenue okay 207 and 10th Avenue, super associated. Yeah. Yeah. Makes, no, that makes a little bit of sense for me. By the way, I had some green on my finger, as you can see. Oh, that's lasting. That's yeah. going to stay with you. Um, yeah. It tattooed. makes sense, though, because it definitely tastes like last year's Carnival. Sure. So it's a little bit of expired, maybe. That's sure. okay. I like right. that piece. Right. Um, right. Yeah, I, it, it doesn't do it for me. Out of season. Um, if, yeah. I, if I'm going to, I'm not a big, big candy person, but if I'm going to have something, I like the reminiscent uh, piece of a fruit roll up, but I'm. Um, I'm going to pass on this one. Yeah, it's no. a pass. What do we say? What's that Randy Jackson saying? Uh, uh, it's a no dog. Yeah, that's, that's going to no be no for me, for me dog. dog. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know I love that one. So That's, yeah. that's definitely thanks. happening a lot in the yeah, snack bracket. Thanks for no, no dog. Um, so as we said before the break, uh, we came up with, you know, a few pitfalls and a few uh, possible solutions to these school shootings and um, – and mass shootings in general, I get. Well, we're really talking about the school, school stuff, though. So let's so. let's go school specific. Um, but and you know, we think ours are perfectly reasonable. But for a different opinion, we would like to present some some alternative ideas. These are alternative solutions, legendary, legendary solutions, and uh, we just want to give a teacher's perspective. Again, this is just you know two two teachers talking about what we think would work, wouldn't work. So uh, this is one that's been getting around there. This, is, this comes from Fox News host uh, Greg Gutfeld, who, who said this. on uh, Fox News' The Five, he said, you have to teach, he said of students, you have to teach them how to respond. You have to be rational about it, which means hardening soft targets through drills and training, learning combat, 
learning hand-to-hand -hand combat. This works, by the way, for terror, if there's a terror attack, and it works for school shootings, which is essentially domestic terror. Yeah. Now, I, I think he made a big faux pas here because I've been told I'm not allowed to call these things terror, right? Like, Ooh, you're not you supposed to call these things yeah. terrorist attacks, sure. whether sure. it's Vegas or sure. Florida. No. Like, you're not supposed to because terrorism means something different in America. Yeah. Even if it's instilling terror in every student and every <laughs> teacher, this is not supposed to be defined as domestic terror. Um, so, Greg, you're putting your foot in your mouth there. But um, this works, hand-to-hand -hand combat. We're teaching, teaching third graders Krav Maga is going to harden up a soft target and more drills. I mean, we established before the yeah. break that this drill is really working. Like, these lockdown yeah. drills really keep us safe. Yeah. So. Um, I'm mixed on this, to be honest with you. Talk I mean, to me. Some of my students are practicing fencing. Okay. Wouldn't you think that this would be a, a perfectly good option here? I mean, listen, if they know if they know to just have rapiers around yeah. like the way that the way that a, a, a person a, a person living on their own might keep a golf club or a baseball, or baseball bat, bat by yeah. the door yeah, so that slugger, yeah. yeah, yeah, Louisville pencils, slugger. Pencils, color pencils, staplers, erasers, rapiers and foils. Rapiers and foils. Got it. Um and yeah. listen, I mean, I, I don't I, I I definitely think that um this guy's out of his mind. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that, well, I mean, let's not just start with the fact that it's Fox News, but that's okay. We'll put that aside. We'll put now. it aside. He would like to, can you repeat that? That harden, what was it? Harden yeah. the... <clears throat> Hardening soft targets through drills and training. Hardening soft targets. You want to tense them up like a muscle, right? You've got that soft, flabby underbelly sure. of well, schools in America. And you want to tighten them up. So let me, let me speak to that. I'm always, always working so hard with my children and how they sit in the meeting area. We have to build their core, right? Build that core so up. So I love, I love that piece. I love that piece for my children building their core up for the meeting area. Building it up for hand-to-hand -hand combat to be able to fight off any quote-unquote terrorism that might attack us. Uh, not quite. Also. Not quite. Also. He's not going to like this analogy. He can come and get us later. But is, I mean, implicit in this statement is he's saying that the first graders at Sandy Hook were weak and flat. They were soft. Right? Yeah. They were soft. Soft-ass soft Connecticut first graders yeah. couldn't get the job done. That's what he just said. And that if you just, you know, train your kids harder, right, yeah. in jujitsu, Krav Maga, Kung Fu, Karate kid it up. All will be better. Wax all on, wax will be off. better. Wax on, wax off. Don't don't you tell my kids they're soft. My kids will tell you off. But now now okay. So I'm gonna take his idea, which is idiotic, sure. obviously, sure. and we're not taking it seriously. And I'm gonna tweak it on you. Yeah. And you tell me Please. what you think. Okay. So you spoke earlier in the episode about how you're gonna put your kids in the corner, but then you're gonna do what you're gonna do. Oh, right? yeah. And we don't know what that's going to be. That's going to be situational. Well, I'm going to tell them, sit the fuck down. I'm taking care of this shit. Well, right. And then you're karate chopping somebody's Hell you know, yeah. gun hand or whatever. Yo, Mr. We Biagi, hello. Mr. Biagi, exactly. Mr. Bonsai. But so so what if, what if something were passed for teachers to get training, hand-to-hand -hand combat training, or disarmament training, or whatever the fuck you want to call it? Like... Would you think that's a solve? I don't know. I'd actually be scared for myself on a day-to-day -day basis. 
if I know that my colleagues are trained and I rub them the wrong way, they might attack me. Do I think that that's actually going to help? No, I don't fucking think that's going to help. Right. No. Now, the analogy, no fucking way. the analogy would be made, because this is what people would say. They'd say, well, you get CPR training. Well, you get first aid training. This is just another part of your training, right? You get these things in case something goes wrong. This is just in case something so goes wrong. So my training would be to know how to disarm a person? Yep. No. No. That ain't going to work. I'm sorry, but like, no. It would be, you know, it no. would be, it would be to, you know, flip somebody over with nothing yeah. but your the your only way that would work is leverage, if I turn to Schwarzenegger you know? as kindergarten cop again, and I'm like, listen, do you know who I am? Do you know do you who know, I am? Do you know who I am? Yeah, like no, <laughs> it's not gonna fucking work. You're out of your mind. You're out of your mind. Listen, I love the idea of getting me some training. Are you kidding me? It's on the school's dime. They're gonna pay for it, or someone's gonna pay for this. I'll do it. They got to give you PD days too, though. I mean, because yeah, I don't want to go through the whole like insurance thing where you, you here's my six months of gym membership. I went no, three times a week. No, 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 no. And it's and it's not gonna be enough to go to like Gotham Underground Boxing and and send no. you there after work. That'd be no, dope, no, no. though. But this has to be at school. Yeah. This would have to be yeah. But I mean, like we're saying, I I think this is more like you know Dwight taking karate lessons for twelve years uh, under yes. the same yes. dojo, this is exactly, what and this not is. knowing how to throw a punch. No. And, you know, the idea that you're going to teach either students, students who already don't want to be at school learning anything, and now they're going to, like, really want to learn yeah. this shit? Yeah. Like, come on. Cool. I mean, I think the only thing you could do is basically say to the to the person with the gun, oh, hey, your shoes are untied. And they look down, and you can try to disarm them. Yeah, or you got to stand what's that on your shirt, and then that's about it. Otherwise, no, that's not going to work. Next. Yoink. So, uh... Another solution coming out of Kentucky. Kentucky being, of course, the shooting nobody remembers that happened right before Florida. As mentioned earlier, we've only had 17 school shootings, and it's uh, still mid-February. So it's hard to keep track. Um, But so this, another solution. In the wake of the tragedy at Marshall County High, this coming from NPR, in Benton, Kentucky's Republican governor and legislature say they won't consider any gun control proposals. Rather, a measure allowing teachers or staff to carry guns on campus has gained traction. Republican State Senator Steve West admits his bill isn't going to stop all shootings, but he hopes it'll help. Quote, it increases that kid's chances of surviving. And if there is something there with a weapon, and if there is someone there with a weapon, they will be able to take down the assailant or at least calm the situation, West said. Under Senate Bill 103, public school boards and private schools would be able to tap teachers or staff to serve as, quote, school marshals who would be allowed to carry a gun on campus if they have a concealed carry permit. I'm just going to read one other part, which says the weapons would have to be stored in a locked box somewhere on school property at all times. Um, And but. The state wouldn't train participants for active shooter situations. The only circumstances the bill would allow the school staff to use the guns in. So I'm excited about this one. Okay, talk to me. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm very excited. Uh, I need to know a few things. Steve West, is that his name? Steve? Uh, Republican Steve West? His name is Steve West. No relation to Kanye? No relation to Kanye West. No relation to Scuba Steve Steve. from Big Daddy either, although we don't have any reports about his scubaing skills. I was wondering what the hell you just said there. Okay. Um, Yeah. Uh, Well, 
this is this is really fucked up. But the first thing I thought about is like, let's say it's football season, right? Okay. And you come in. Yes. Let's say Tuesday morning because that Monday night game you lost with, you know, Jarvis Landry getting a little fucking two-yard reception when the Dolphins were getting blown out. Okay. And of all people, it's like fucking like Phyllis that beats you. Right. Phyllis, of course, who who teaches third grade and you're a colleague and of yours. In our, in our pool or our yeah. fantasy. Yeah, yeah. in fantasy. And, 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 and she works with you. Right. Of all fucking people, Phyllis, who knows shit about football. Your ass is going to go the next day. You're going to get that fucking Glock. You're going to say, Phyllis. This is bullshit, Phyllis. This well, but, is bullshit. But Tony, they said lock they box. said yeah, lock they box. said it's in a lockbox, yeah, exactly and that's the only is. circumstance oh, they would bullshit. be allowed to use the guns. You scream peanut butter. That's the code, right? That's the code. Yeah. Peanut butter. And you get your fucking Glock out. Right. No, this is absurd. You want really? Let's think about this carefully. We want to solve school shootings by having the option of having a gun ourselves. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. So it goes on to say several other states are considering proposals that would allow teachers to have access to guns in schools, including Alabama, Colorado, Florida, Indiana, Maryland, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and South Dakota and South Carolina. So there are eight current states that have laws that either allow concealed carry of firearms at K-12 schools or have no laws prohibiting them. How many of those states have uh, legal marijuana, too, is what I want to but yeah, listen. Uh, Colorado is probably <laughs> yeah. the only one. Listen, I think this is absurd. Well, I think it's I think it's fucking nuts. So so I'm sorry. I don't want to carry. I do not want to carry a gun on. If I have little Tommy who fucking knocks over the pencil case again, and all the fucking marbles and the beads fall over the place, I'm gonna go nuts. And the last thing I want to think about is, oh shit, there's an intruder now, and then I have to get my gun while I'm already pissed off. Then have to get little Tommy in the corner huddled up, and then I'm the one with the gun in the room. And the kids are seeing, you know, Tony from the Bronx with a gun. That already doesn't sound good. So the other thing, the other Come thing, on. I'm the other thing I'm also wondering because Julian and I talked uh, on another episode about cell phones in the classroom and how, like, if teachers just had a gun in the classroom, like, there would be no issue with cell phones, right? Because yeah. you don't have to ever shoot it, you don't have to ever use it. They just have to know that you have the potential, yes. right? So my question about this would be, okay, so you're saying there's certain school marshals who have this right. They have this concealed carry permit. They would have the code to the lockbox, whatever. Sure. Does everybody know who those people are? Would the students know who those specific individuals are? Because if so, that changes the entire dynamic yeah, of their relationship forever. Of course, it's a great point. Because from now on, that teacher is the teacher that could fucking shoot you dead. Yeah. Let's, so, let's, let's get Patton Oswald from, you know. Yeah. From, from, from justified, justified to be like the one who's like you know the marshal in your building. Like, let's, I, I, I mean, listen, I gotta be honest with you. I'm not a gun guy. I'm not a gun guy. I've gone to the range twice, I think, in my life. Yeah. Uncomfortable the whole time. Yeah. I don't find it like sexy or fascinating to be able to like have like a fucking Beretta or like a semi-automatic or anything. Like, it's just not for me. It was never raised that way. Yeah. I'm not judging those who enjoy guns or shooting guns or going hunting, whatever. I just, it's hard for me to see how specific teachers or, or teachers who, who have the permit, who can get a gun from the lockbox, be able to solve gun issues with guns. Right. I, I just, I, like, security downstairs, whole different story. Maybe even the crazy maintenance guy. Maybe. Maybe even the chef. Yeah. I'm good. You're good. 
right, I, I was good. listening, so I was in a cab the other day, and they had talk radio on. Yep. And, and this was right after Florida happened. And so I was listening to, you know, some meathead, you know, news talk guy talking about Florida and talking to some expert down there. And he asked the question, he asked, did any teacher have carry permits and guns on them? And the response was that um, they are not allowed to bring guns to school. So there might have been teachers there that had had, had guns, had permits, but that they're not allowed to bring guns into the school and that they must lock them up in lockboxes in their cars. His response to that, the host's response to that was, oh, so then someone could steal their car and find they have a yeah. gem in the back in the form of a gun? And I thought, what the fuck are you talking about yeah like you think this is a treasure hunt about like suddenly suddenly we went from talking about school shootings to well what if their car was stolen yeah i mean what if their fucking teeth were stolen while they were sleeping like missing the point entirely this isn't about packing heat yeah this is and getting more guns onto campuses we know that guns in the home lead to more gun gun deaths. Of course. That's just a fact. That's a statistic. You can look that shit up. So why wouldn't we think more guns in schools would lead to more gun deaths? Of course. There'd be more issues. I mean, listen, and maybe this is the Hibiki, which is delicious, settling in, but that doesn't make any sense to me. So let's say that there is an armed intruder, and my gun is in the lockbox in my car. So then I'm supposed to somehow manage to get outside the building. Well, let's to go to my car to get the gun. Well, I think their their point back? their Tell point was that seriously. their point was that that's not a good thing. His yeah. point was that the guns should but, okay. be in their hands at all times so while they're writing on so, the okay, chalkboard. So but we're saying lockboxes. So then, where are these lockboxes going to be located? In my classroom, there'll uh, be lockboxes. Probably box? in the probably in the principal's office. So then I have or to something. leave my classroom, which oh, they yeah, told me you never have to, to leave, leave the classroom, classroom when there's an intruder. Oh yeah. This would be a completely lock different box. lockdown yeah. drill. Of course. Yeah, so yeah. kids, let's put, let's say I'm the only adult in my classroom, the only teacher. Then I guess you're going to leave I them leave alone. I leave my kids alone. Yeah. Go to the lockbox so that that's located go, on the other, third so floor. So that you can go shoot an active yeah. shooter in the head. Brilliant. Pop them. Brilliant. You want to know, yeah. here's my take. Okay, ready? And I'm being serious. I've, I've actually thought about this. Go for it. We spoke earlier in the episode about I feel like I would do whatever I believe is right. Okay? Yep. I've never told anyone this, but this is really what I, my plan. And I'm not joking about this. This is serious. This is going to sound crazy, but it's serious. So when the kids are huddled, huddled up in those spots, the designated spots that they're supposed to be in, and I lock the door and the, everything, in a serious event, not a drill, in a serious event, I already have so many objects in my room. Yeah. Large blocks that I know kids can launch and throw. Yeah. Um, cups and blubs of paint and shit. If someone would actually come in and not just come in and just fucking wreak havoc and just start unloading, but like looking around and kids are visible, I would have a fucking code or something. Mm-hmm. I would say a certain word. Mm-hmm. And at that fucking instant, everyone would just stand up and they would fucking launch the shit at this person. I also, I want. And I, then I would attack them and fucking disarm them and say, done. We're good. That's a dream come true. Let's I, be real. <laughs> That's not going to happen. I want people to know at home that you're not kidding when you say that you would actually approach an active shooter. Because I'm not... Yeah, no, I can't, I'm not I can't necessarily say that. But I want people to know that. And I want them to know that you have had experiences 
actually saving lives on <laughs> school campuses before. Can you can you speak briefly to your experience saving a school saving a child's life? I mean, sure. Uh, it was it was the lunchroom. Kid was enjoying a, a, a shitty school bagel, not a New York style oh, bagel. The school bagel. Kid was eating it dry. It was, uh, it was a yeah. trip uptown and. Uh, yeah, he, he, he got a little excited, and he put a little too much dry bagel in his mouth, okay. and I was not near him, actually. I was at, like, three tables over, and I managed to kind of see that this child's color was just turning, like, blue. You're, like, 20, 25 feet away. More or a, less. And he's a, not my student. He was and he's a, not your yeah. student in a cafeteria full of tables and sure. other students. Yeah, so then I mentioned to another teacher who was nearby to give him a look. And they did, and then I saw that the look on the teacher's face was pretty much a statue and frozen. They didn't know what to do, yet we're trained. So they go close into the kid, yeah. look into the kid's dying eyes. Yeah. I mean, I mean, from my distance, it just looked like the kid, like he was not giving the universal signal of choking or anything like that. He was standing up. He was, you know, he was sitting oh, at sitting the time. Down. Okay. And then when I got to him, I stood him up, and I was okay. talking to him, and he could tell it was partially clogged. Right. Uh, I could hear him kind of gasping for air. Right. Um, not able to talk. He was coughing a tremendous amount. Eventually, his face started turning different colors. Um, yeah, so... So you sent another teacher in. They were not able to engage. They were not able to That teacher was much closer, manner. so within 10 seconds, right. I went over there and I handled it. So then it. you went in and handled it. They were There were other teachers around at the yeah, time? Yeah, as soon as I went over there, I signaled for them to call... Uh, to call the nurse nearby and okay. to call 911. Okay. Were other teachers moving towards you in aid? Were uh, they prepared to go into most, CPR? Most just, most just stood around. One teacher asked me if I needed anything. Right. So, for the most part... And in that instance, I said I would prefer the child to have some cream cheese or bagel to make it <laughs> moist, but yeah, not... <laughs> Can we get some fucking smoked salmon something. over here, Let's people? Get, this kid's eating a dry shit fuck. You know those little pizza school pizza bagels that this they have? This private like school preppy bagel. motherfuckers paying enough. Yeah. Can we get some schmear up in here? Yeah, big schmear. Yeah, I know. Uh, so, yeah. So, so, yeah, I just wanted to establish... I, 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 I don't shy away from situations You would like jump that. into the school if it were on fire, pulling kids out. We, we are saying... Tony from the Bronx would take on an active shooter, gun in hand or not. I just don't see the point. Listen, if there's an if there's an active shooter in my room, yeah, the likelihood is that they're probably gonna let loose. Likelihood. If they yeah. see kids, they're in my room for a reason with a gun. Heck yeah. So they're either gonna try to kill me and leave the kids alone or try to kill the kids. And I mean, who the fuck knows? So I'm supposed to like beg yeah, for something. like beg for mercy and say, like, no, please don't. Like, I don't think that's gonna solve anything. Excuse me, mister, or missus, or ma'am, or whoever the fuck you are. Let's have it come come sit down. Come, come sit down. Let's talk. Let's talk about this. What, what's, what's going on? Are you, are you? Negotiation. Can I get some coffee. Like what the fuck? Negotiation no. tactics. Not, not gonna work. Samuel Jackson now. Yeah, I was thinking more Denzel. But Denzel. Listen, I don't listen. In the end, no. I'm gonna have three of my kids unload the fucking heaviest blocks from the block structures that we have. Unload them, and then hopefully one of them catches them from behind. Fucking hits his legs or get him in the balls, hit him over right. the head or hit her, whoever it may be, and then hopefully I can handle something. While security will manage their way upstairs. All right, back to back to this issue of guns in schools and guns on teachers. So we talked in the hypothetical about where would this gun be? How would they get to it? Would more guns make more sense? But I've got – let's get to the specifics. Please. So I was at Thanksgiving earlier this year, and, my, and Las Vegas had just happened. Yeah. So it's what everybody's talking about. Sure. It's what everybody's thinking about. And – we get onto the topic of school shootings, of course, and my brother announces, you know, that while he while he is not, you know, a, a gun nut by any means, 
he felt that the safest thing would be to arm teachers. And I, being the only educator at Thanksgiving, <laughs> I looked around the table of family, close family and friends and loved ones, and I said, would anybody feel safer at this table right now if I had a gun on me? And there was a near unanimous spit take all at once. Because even me, a preschool teacher, yeah. most of my career, working with twos and threes, I have been championed by many parents, administrators, colleagues as having the patience of a saint. Even I should not ever have access no. to a gun. No. My family would not be within a fucking square mile of me if they knew I had a gun. I agree. They'd find the fastest way out of state. Yeah. You've worked with me before. Do you want to see me with a gun? Again, I go After back. the Giants lose six in a row? After I come out of a bad conference? Woo! Yeah, no. I'm not. I'm not. Ugh. After a bad night of drinking? No more hot sauce in the school rounds or something. Fucking like out of Tabasco yeah. again? Yeah, no. No. I can't. No. No, I'm good. No! I'm good. I'm good. But I, then again, as much as I don't want to see you with a gun... There are others around me who I also be like, no Anthony, fucking way. Tony, I'm, I, I, I'm not going to be bashful about this. I've said this on the air before. I'm often the smartest person on my yeah. floor. Yeah. I'm often the smartest person in the goddamn school. Yep. And I still wouldn't trust me with a gun. Hey. It's smart ain't got nothing to do with it. Physicality ain't got nothing to do with it. It's just a bad look, son. I, I agree. I th listen, I think I think the way to really fix this all is to emulate Macaulay Culkin in Home Alone. Just booby trap the entire school with the push of a button, all the booby traps go down. Schools are equipped. And let's do it. They've got all because the tools the last at thing hand. I want to see is Gabriel Zuger with a fucking Beretta coming around going, I got this. <laughs> I got this. That's the last thing. The last thing I want. Because I know on the way to you getting this, you might also shoot up a few other things just to practice and test out the gun to make sure you're feeling right. So, no. That's the last thing I want for anyone. Jimmy, come here. I just got to make sure the safety is off. Yeah, really. Okay, we're good. Yeah. We're good. Fuck that empty Tabasco bottle. Bam! <laughs> Are you kidding me? You gotta no. practice. You gotta warm up. You no. gotta loosen up. You gotta get in your stance. You know, it's it's a whole approach. There's yeah. a rhythm to it. You don't want, you know, the kill shot to be the first oh. shot of the day. I mean, I just, that's I, just I, bad form. I pray that you played a hell of a lot of GoldenEye growing up. Because, <laughs> yeah. 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 And unfortunately, I would not be able to support you because I was definitely the guy that would throw the shoe. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta hit him with the shoe. Yeah. The, uh... What's that guy, Mister? Uh, I forget his. I forget name. his fucking name. God yeah. damn! But I would throw the shoe. I didn't like the guns. I yeah. would use the shoe to try to kill people. Yeah, I was more a proximity mind guy myself. Oh, anyway, line. you gotta you gotta love that approach. Sneaky as a motherfucker, and you hate it when it happens to you, but it feels really good. Um, yeah, yeah, that would be a bad look. But like you were saying, you you throw a couple of Hot Wheels out there, some marbles. Woo! Paint cans hanging the from the ceilings. Cans. Can you imagine that one? That's a good one. Yeah, if you've got stairwells, like, this is a no-brainer. And, you know, 
and then maybe you send one kid into like the engine room of the elevator and just have them like sawing away at some of the cables Done. you know you just get that thing into stall mode yeah yeah you could really get creative i i think it's a really good idea i think engagement with the kids is definitely a must right steal the active shooter's shoe and play sunday shoe Oh, play Sunday shoe, tie laces together. Tie laces. Come on, this is yeah. like you could really we can make this fun. We could. We can make this fun. We could. As we much could as a good... stressful, anxious, you know, moment, we can right. make this fun. Right. You, you uh, you know, you throw you throw like a lasso around their neck and then like slam a door really quick oh, and man. you know knock them over. And then they tell them this is how I lost my first tooth. You pulled it out <laughs> by the same way. Yeah, exactly. All right, so we've got one more one more solution I want to get to. Uh, this one is coming from the kids. So this is part of the youth movement. We've talked about this with the WeWorks, uh, you know, kids getting into engineering and, you know, product development. So this is out of uh, Somerset, Wisconsin. A Wisconsin high school student was inspired by horrific school shootings to invent something that could save lives. Be good. Somerset high school senior Justin Rivard invented a tool he calls the just-in-case in shop class. Made of steel plates and connecting rods, his device slips beneath the classroom door and latches to the door's jam. With his device in place, Rivard has yet to find a person who can push a classroom door open, including linemen from his high school football team. That's Quote, you can lock a door with a lock. It can get shot out, he says. You can lock a door with this. It can't get shot out. You can't get around it. Uh, he's been selling them to his own school and other schools in the district already. Uh, patent pending. So, Anthony, this kid thinks he's got a way to stop shooters from coming in through the doors, from coming in through the classroom doors. This is obviously not something that would go as your first line of defense, right, on sure. the front door. Sure. But once once you've got a shooter in the building, you hear lockdown, you know, over the loudspeaker, you get this sucker out. I don't know what it looks like. You slide it under the door, latch it up here and there, mm -hmm. and you're feeling pretty secure, right? I mean, this is it sounds this is great. good ingenuity. It sounds great. Sounds great. I yeah. I don't see I don't see why we wouldn't invest in it. Right. Now, let me ask you a question. Sure. So, okay, so in this in this picture of the linemen coming and pushing the doors or whatever. So, he's got the door jam under it. Yeah. The linemen are in the hallway and they're trying to push the door inward. Uh, Tony, how do your doors open at your school? They don't open inward. Oh. They open the other way. They open outward. So if they don't it's open inward, they, yeah, yeah, you yeah. pull it. So, so maybe you could get the the shooter to slide it in on his end and then then try to open the door. Open like so he, like, like you leave it out there. Yeah. 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 And, and maybe with like a sign on it, like in a Roadrunner cartoon that says yeah. like, try me. Try me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that would be yeah. great. Yeah. Um, you just leave 50 of them out in front of every door. So they only work if the door is open inward. I mean, that's got to be oh. a solution to like half the classrooms. Okay. Maybe. I don't yeah. know. Um, I don't know. I'm having some trouble with this one. Okay. I, 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 the educator in me, really happy for Justin. Yeah. Really happy for him. Yeah. And I'm being serious about this. The fact that this, this is a child who... You know, wants to create something that will make lives uh, better and schools better and more safe and secure. Great thing. Um, always have to understand that there's always a way to make things better. And in the event that a door does not open inwards, 
this sounds like this wouldn't work though. So how right. can we use, or how can he modify his Justin Case? Is that what it Justin is? Justin Case, yeah. Justin Case, um, to work universally. All right, so that's a challenge. We're we're posing a challenge to Justin it's a good start. River. It's a good start. It's a good start. We're posing a challenge to Justin River to come up with a solution for doors that don't open the other way. Yeah. Um, so I mean, obviously, you know, the first would be maybe he comes back and says, you know, you've just got to reinstall your doors. Okay, so now just, you're passing along yeah. a cost to the schools plus the ninety five dollars it costs for the just in case sure. for each door in the school. But then we've got another problem, Tony. These are schools, and schools have That's, windows yeah. on their doors. Yeah. So it's not so much a matter of whether your door even opens all the way, because shoot or going to shoot, and now the window's busted, and we're spraying everywhere. What's that Wayne Gretzky quote? You miss... You miss 100%, 100% of the, the shots, shots you don't, you don't take. take. That shooter's <laughs> going to take his shots. I'll tell you right now. I'll tell you right now. Trust me. So, here's the thing. Justin. Yeah. Today, I'm going to gift you the Good Effort Award. Because it's a good start. It's a good start. Yes. Doesn't work for me. And we all know, we all know what the Good Effort Award gets, right? Gets golf claps. And maybe one of these fruit roll-ups. Golf roll -ups. claps, Justin. Maybe a fruit roll-up. I mean, claps. listen, I, I don't know. I, 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 that does not work for me doesn't work in the school. And I can tell you right now, some of the doors that do open outward, if you were to try to make them open inward, some of these schools are dealing with laws and regulations and fire codes and all this other shit that sometimes they may not even be able to make that switch happen depending on when the building was built and all the other stuff. And yeah, it, you're, you're going to open up a whole other set of problems when you do that. I mean, I just also, look, we're, we're, we can give this kid all the credit in the world for engineering and ingenuity and creativity and thinking outside the box and whatever, but really, also, at the end of the day, isn't this just a door jam? Of course Isn't this is. just a door jam? And wouldn't it be just as effective if somebody were to, you know, hammer a, a block and nails in front of the door in five seconds, too, or whatever, or... You know, kick something yeah. under the door that's a triangle shape. I mean, really, this isn't this isn't new. This isn't reinventing the wheel, and it's not a solve. I mean, unless the damn thing also, you know, happens to be a super-powered magnet that pulls bullets in like it's the fucking Matrix That'd or something, dope. then I don't even see That'd where where Justin's head is at. Yeah. So. Good try. Yep. Good try. It's a no Pat for us, back. dog. Yeah. It's a no for us. <laughs> Golf claps. Uh, listen, that's that's all we've got for uh, this very heady, uh, very deep dive into very real issues on the dull crayons. Uh, is there anything, anything you'd like to leave the folks at home with, Tony? Yeah, I mean, let's let's be real. You know, no matter what, it's it's a world we live in now, and it's only going to get better with everyone joining forces to try to really think about how can we make this world a better place and i know that sounds cheesy and corny but in reality as we said before it's about us and we're dealing with internal conflicts and i think that with the support of everyone who's listening everyone who's in the schools and outside of schools we got to do what's right for these kids no matter what no matter how crazy they may be no matter how uh bad of listeners they could be doesn't matter and for me personally, I feel like we work hard 
and we give our everything for these kids no matter what. And I appreciate the time being here to be able to reflect on uh, what's happening in the world. And, and I, I hope that next time that I'm here, you know, we're making some progress in this. But yep. it won't happen until we Let's all see. look each other in the mirror, look ourselves in the mirror and figure out what we can do. We'll see. Thank you for your time today, Tony. Absolutely. And uh, thanks for joining us. Come back, write us a review on iTunes and Stitcher and SoundCloud. Make sure you subscribe. Subscribe all your friends on all their iTunes Do accounts. It. Do it. Uh, you can always contact us at dullcrayons at gmail.com. And uh, look forward to more posts uh, at dullcrayons on Twitter. And uh, we will catch you all next time. Stay dull. <laughs>